save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. When your coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced, it's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com. Welcome to episode 102 of Star Wars and Scosh. It's me, Kevin, joined with Tim as always. We have episode six of Andor premiered late last night, early this morning, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, We're going to be talking about that. We got a few news pieces, but uh, yeah, Tim, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. I'm okay. I'm tired. Exhausted. From comp Overwatch? Oh my god, dude. Competitive Overwatch is so sweaty. It's so much fun, though. It's really enjoyable. I popped in yesterday, and I just hear the anger in Lupo's voice when he gets competitive. It also gets really sexual. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like our call-outs, everything just sounds really bad. I was watching a TikTok video yesterday. It was uh, my best experience in Tarkov. And it's Australian or New Zealand. I don't know where he was from. Someone okay. down there. And uh, they encountered this American. And then the Americans, like, they realized they're a streamer, too. And he's like, oh. He's like, where where are you from? He goes, Florida. And I'm like, Sounds about right. <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you got Gibbons video. Yeah, that's been. He's from Ireland. How did you get New Zealand? That did not sound Irish to me at all. Oh, oh he's very Irish. It's Mr. Gibbons. Maybe my memory is playing tricks on me. It was on the, the only shitter. Vi- the only so video of Pool Shark that's time. like viral that's on te- that's on Tarkov is him meeting Gibbons and at the end he goes, Oh, he fell over because he killed a PMC. It's oh, really yeah, good. It it's a it's a good video. Yeah. Yeah. And no, then Gibbons uh, yeah. ran it. Gibbons is great. I think honestly, like proximity chat was the best thing that ever came to that game. But yes. anyways, yeah, I digress. You get those those interactions. Um before we go any further, I'm actually drinking Bowbreaker this morning, Tim. Oh, why? Because I ran out, and uh, that's all I had left that was you're just, fresh. You're drinking espresso? <laughs> just going right for espresso. I mean, we had we we made it as cappuccino on Monday, oh, and okay. then yesterday we made it as coffee, and it was Fair. a little on the strong side, but I just added a little oat milk, and then today I did the same thing. You so. know, you could have just made it in Americano, right? I wanted to, but she puts it in the night before, so we don't have to worry about it with the kids and everything. Oh, she puts the coffee, wa- like the water in the coffee machine. 545, oh, that thing starts like, percolating. Like the coffee machine runs overnight? I was like, no, this no, is weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's like a smoking I coffee. Like, I was like, oh, this coffee must taste terrible in the morning. <laughs> no, no, she sets it up at night and puts the water and everything in it. Okay, it she has starts. a timer. That's the part yeah. that I missed. Very critical point is that it's on the timer. 
yeah, it just makes it easier. So I just threw a little yeah. omic in there, and essentially it's uh, it's not too bad. But yeah, I was okay. um, on Monday. I was like, let's make an americano. She's like, I want a cappuccino. I was like, make make your cappuccino. Well, I'm uh, drinking our fall tide, and it's delicious. This is my favorite. This is my favorite time of year. I love fall. It's the most wonderful time. And then we get to Christmas, and I'm just so happy. I really like that. Honestly, like the last stretch of the year from October till G- like the end of December is like my favorite part. Yeah. Because the air changes. It smells different outside. It's food. just like, oh, yeah, food's different. Oh, and everyone's so happy. Like everyone feels happier. Yep. I, I, I think the heat just makes everyone just just really just upset and miserable. And everyone yeah, just seems we'll, like all just like up and cheery. So it's great. What's the excuse up north if it's the heat down here? Because they live in New York? I don't know. I saw a thing the other day that said Southerners will uh, smile to your face and stab you in the back with like a bless his heart or something like that. It's like New Yorkers, if you trip and fall down, they'll pick you up, turn around and not say a word to you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Eh, that's kind of true. Anyway. uh, So, yeah, KingsCoastCoffee.com. Make sure if you're uh, uh, hanging out um, this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday is the finale of the the first edition of the Rings of Power D&D, I think the entire team said when season two comes out in 2020, 2037 or whatever they're saying now, uh, that maybe we'll do another run again. No. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I hope to God I'm retired by then. You don't want to play D&D, though, just for fun? By turn 2035? Oh, my God, Kevin. It's a joke. It's, it's supposed to be 2024. Please don't make me two. work until 2035. <laughs> No, oh God! Please. Don't make me work until. Please don't make me work. Um, so uh, yeah, so if you ha- coming out, you can uh, get the code to save ten percent off on your next Kings Coast order. Kingscoastcoffee.com. Tuesday nights, Rings of Power uh, nice. over on Captain Robert's Twitch channel. The finale for this season is next week, and then um, uh, we're doing uh, watch parties for Rings of Power on Thursday mornings on my Twitch channel. Um, and then tonight on Facebook and YouTube, we'll be playing some Star Wars and Scotch or some uh, Star Wars Yellow Republic for Star Wars and Scotch game night. Uh, we'll be talking about what we talk about on the episode today and Andor and all of that stuff. And that'll be on Facebook and YouTube on the Rare Drop uh, channels. So, or is it mine, Paul? I don't remember. Paul He'll organizes this. He'll be on the Internet. We'll be live. We'll do it live. Mm. Uh, and we'll... It's on the Star Wars and Scotch Facebook and Rare Drop YouTube. Cool. Awesome. All right. Anyway, to the stuff that we have to discuss. I loved this episode. It was such a good episode. It was fantastic. Everybody died, though. Well, we got we got the mission. We even got an homage to Mission Impossible there. Yeah, Not it, even, was, it was really good. Just the jumping off the bridge is fantastic. I will say that it, it even though there was death, that went much better than I thought it would. Yeah, what did you think was going to happen? I thought they were going to get caught. We were going to get on this cliffhanger. Things weren't going to go as planned. I would say for the most part, their plan went went off pretty well, all things considered. A lot of people died. And so, like, I don't know, man. I, I'm very curious to see how, like, what happens next. It, I, I like how they, they again, they showcase like, just, like, the terrible things they had to do in order to like progress the the rebellion and like taking a kid hostage was like that was that was a lot you know like that dark. was it was dark um but like the way that the mission like all came together was really cool to see again like they've done a really good job of capturing emotions mm-hmm. in these shows and like the fear of like is this gonna work 
um the 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 nerves before the mission started you know and like i haven't slept all night you know it's just like all these things that just like people who are like i would assume i've never fought in war but people on the battlefield the night before some big mission i would assume your nerves are up i'm sure i'm sure those things go through your head like am i gonna make it like am i gonna get through this i don't know i hope everything goes well um and they did a great job of just like leading up to that and then like once we're in the shit how it all went it was just like cine- the the cinematography for that it was so good it was fantastic the shots everything just felt cohesive and the action was paced out well like i just from start to finish this entire episode was amazing it was so good and you're right kevin it was like a condensed like mission impossible movie but yeah when they jumped off that bridge i was like ah 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 yeah ah. it was yeah it was just so good even them just like even the dog fighting was like was really cool you know like actually getting to see like a tie fighter pilot like get into his cockpit and turn all his instruments on and like lock it and like watch the 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 instruments go down like all those things it was so cool it was just I really really neat for years people like argued over how tie fighters launch and all this stuff and now like the last three shows and books and stuff and g- games they're like this is how a tie fighter launches from a ship this yeah. is how a tie fighter launches from the ground it's confusing because for the longest time we always assumed that like tie fighters landed on their wings right which and we've then, also like, seen and you come down from like you come from underneath which i understand but like i think the big the big reason why they don't like landing their tie fighters or like the lore is because you don't want to put pressure on the wings you want to damage them because they can retract they can actually fold in and like there's landing right. gears and stuff um but it's a lot easier for them to be like mission ready and like battle ready when they can just drop down from those and just right out so as far as the death count goes, we lost Terraman. He got shot in the uh, warehouse. Um, Nemec almost made it, but then got crushed by the That was so of, sad, uh, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> so I had that on, like right at, or I, I had it on downstairs, and Kyler came down. I mean, I mean, Kyler were getting ready to leave. And he goes, that guy looks like Maz Kanata. <laughs> the the doc, he, Dr. Quadpaw. He does. Yeah. yeah, his name is Dr. Quadpaw, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but Kyler just goes, he looks like Maz Kanata. <laughs> like, it's true. So, I was like, oh, dude, he does. He does kind of look like Maz Kanata. That's so awesome. Boy knows uh, it's Star Wars. Yeah, but I felt so bad for him because it was the whole thing. of like, I'm ready. I feel great. I The mission's more important than everybody else. And then squish. Yeah, That's I was terrible. hoping. I was hoping it was going to be paralysis, not death. But oh, he had some inter- he had some heavy internal bleeding. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, his I'm insides sure. got squished. I don't count Skeen as a casualty of. Um, no, this. he was a he was a casualty of his own volition. Also, what happened to Lieutenant Gorn? I lost track of him. Wait, which one's that guy? The Imperial Insider. Oh, he got shot. Oh, I mi- I must have missed that. Then he did get shot. Oh yeah, I he saw got him shot. getting on the ship. He was Who like, shot? he was like, Corporal. You've got to go. And then the guy had yeah, a saw, heart attack. I remember that. Yeah. And then the consulate or whatever he was, um, he had a heart attack. And then yes, the guy's like, that. oh, shit, sir. And then he's like, no, bam, bang, bang. And then, pew. Oh, he got him right there. I must have missed that. I it don't was the know guy why. in the catwalk. It was like, pow. Okay. Him. So Gorn, so he, Gorn's he took dead. a shot to the chest and died. Um, Sinta survived because she just walked out. Yeah, so that was interesting. She just walks down into the into the temple, dresses as an imperial officer. I would assume I think that, that was she, part of the plan. Yeah, no, most definitely. Her that was the whole thing of like, promise me you'll be okay. 
Right. Because she gets left behind. So she's going to have to figure out how to get the hell off that planet. Um, but like, yeah, that's like, that was, that was really interesting to see her just like walk down. So I'd assume we won't see her for a little bit. No, I, you know, it was interesting to see the politics of the empire when it came to the Dahani people too. That I found. Oh, that was kind of gross the way that they were talking about them. Yeah, and then even, you know, but the Dahani people, that leader knew, like, he was definitely not. Oh, he knew it was all a ruse. When he burned that goat skin, he was acting all, like, nice and everything, and then just turned around and just, like, threw it in the fire. Like, he knows exactly what's going on. They're playing their part. Right. They're all, they and can they, only do so much. They said when they first got there, the pilgrimage was, like, 15,000 people, and now they were barely at 100, if that. Well, they started off that, so that that pilgrimage, they were talking about how they were trying to, like, disrupt the people from going so it's like they were they were talking about how they set up like all the food and like the the drink carts like all that stuff along the path so it was it was disrupting their pilgrimage so those people were just stopping and just staying there and other people were carrying on and so like, yeah. they didn't want they didn't want a massive population outside the imperial base which i understand it's keeping control and that yeah. was the whole that was the entire theme of that was all about controlling people in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're being controlled which is yep. shitty and that's dark, but at the same time, like that's an actual, again, it's the same thing that I said last week. The show does a really good job of touching on things that are going on right now in the world. Like there's no yep. way around it. Like, I mean, like we could, we could just like, we could try to tiptoe around it, but there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. And they're doing a really good job of highlighting all of the things that we're feeling and, and kind of just like throwing it out there with the Star Wars theme. And I was like, this is sick. Like, this is really cool. Like this whole idea of just the, the government manipulating their people in a way that they don't feel like they're being manipulated, but they're doing everything that, that the government wants them to do. On Holy that shit. note, on that note, what do you think the response is going to be from ISB? Oh, my God. Because party oh, guys was like, oh, my God, they are going to drop the, the biggest tactical nuke on these motherfuckers. They he, they are ready to go to war. Holy shit. And I thought Luthen was fucked at the end. I thought that guy was an ISB agent. And he was like, oh, do you got anything from the Aldani system? And I'm like, oh, no. So did Luthen. Screwed. And then he, that's why he walked in there and laughed because he was just like, it worked. It worked and I'm clean. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I have a feeling the whole next episode is going to be ISB. Uh, oh, it's going to be, it's all going to be about them sniffing out these rebels and trying to figure out all these loose, these loose, uh, uh, strings and everything that they, that, that we know are there. Like every, it was messy. There is no way in hell that they didn't leave clues from that, from that bunker. There's bodies. There's probably security. They, they turn the, the the power and everything off, but I bet you they're going to find some type of recording that's going to match up Cassian to wherever he was before, and then and then the guy, the guy who was the inspector from the beginning, is somehow going to get looped into this. Guarantee it. He's going to come in. He's going to be some weird anti-hero at the end. Where he's like, "I've been searching for you, Cassian Andor." Maybe a bounty hunter. I think that's what he's going to turn into. I think he's going to turn into a bounty hunter of some sort because he's, he's pissed. He's really upset and he wants to make it up. And we still don't know who that friend is for the mom or the uncle or whoever that is. What if they didn't leave any clues behind, but Terramin or Gorn are still alive and they're about to get tortured to no end to, uh, Oh, they're dead. No, they, they took a, they took a blaster bolt to the okay. chest without any armor on. They're dead. All right. All right, just playing devil's advocate. I'm just I'm just saying from from Star Wars theory. Apparently, if you eat a blaster bolt with your armor on or off, you die. 
I will say that that like you were talking about before. First of all, the eye cinematography, the CGI oh was God. incredible. It was gorgeous, so beautiful. Uh, but the whole way the episode was shot was definitely reminiscent of other like spy and you know sh- films like that. Yeah. And I really enjoyed how the empire they they emphasize in the beginning that the empire they don't care. They're not mm. going to adapt. They're going to do it their way, which played out the entire episode because nobody recognized the four of them. But because of what Cassian says in the trailer, which I'm sure, or I think they might have said it in one of the episodes already. When they he said says, it in like, the recap trailer. He said, act like you belong. Exactly. And that's all they did. And even though people kept looking at them and you, like, every time somebody looked at them, your butt was like. Well, because okay, they no, even, even the, 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 whoever the, the top, the top military officer was, he even looked at him. He was like, are these guys from wherever the fuck? And then that right there was like, oh, no, this is bad. He's going to start sniffing. But that was the whole thing. Even Cassian says, just act like you, you know, act like you're supposed to be there. They, because they, they, they're they so full of themselves that they are like, well, how could anyone break in? How here? could it's anyone secure. get into our ranks? There's no way. Yeah. And they played that beautifully throughout the entire episode up to the end when everything, you know, did Even at the shit. very end when, when the lieutenant was like... This is a this is a a, a very classified secret mission. mission. It was a classified mission, and they kind of ate it for a little bit. They were kind of like uh uh uh, you know, just like they again. It was the whole idea of like there's no way in hell that these guys could be stealing from us. Yep, there, there's no so, way in hell that anyone could could get this deep. And with all the credits they took, he said it was around eighty million credits, and that vault was still full. It was about half full. That vault was still. Well, remember, like, it was packed. a quarter. It was quarterly. That was three months of payment for an entire sector. So you have to think of every single Imperial officer in that sector, and that's their money. Um, I was trying to, to uh, Terraman, when they revealed that he used to be a stormtrooper, so yeah. I was like doing my timeline math, and I'm figuring oh out. So, well, no, because they set it up in Obi-Wan. The clones are completely gone. We'll learn more about that in Bad Batch. Um, so now, if I go back to episode seven with Finn, are we at the point where they're taking kids yet, or is this still just like enlistment? So they're taking. Okay, so we know that kids are being taken because of the Shadows of the Sith. Yes, right? kids are being but taken, it, but we don't know what they're being taken for. So okay. we know that we know that people. So. Okay, so if we want to just go based off of things that, that you and I know from material that we've read and things that we've watched, we know right now at this point that the conscript show where we are, do you want to talk about do you want to talk about them taking kids or do you want to talk about I'm trying to figure out how Terraman's a stormtrooper did Okay, so like, the, okay, okay, so yeah, so he's the he's a stormtrooper because go to the end of go to to go to Bad Batch when they start doing conscriptions. And solo. <laughs> I mean, so this is, yeah, I mean, like this is right around the same time, but go to the end yeah. of Bad Batch when they're, when they're starting to give everybody TK numbers and they're yeah. conscripting people for the Empire. That's the point. So that okay. was, that was 10, 10-ish years before, right? Because so Obi-Wan, either... Obi-Wan and, 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 and Andor are about a year apart in the timeline. Yeah. So, so go 10 years back, you're in, you're in Clone Wars, in, you're in the Clone Wars uh, Order 66 uh, Bad Batch sector section sector um so that's where we're at right now so they aren't taking kids yet right all we know is that they are they are they're they know that working with the clones and with the the kaminoans isn't going to work so we so completely he, pull that off 
he was either conscripted against he was his conscripted. will. He was 100% a conscripted okay. soldier. He was given a TK number at the end of the Clone War era as we go into the Galactic Republic. He could have been forced into enlistment, though, like Han. Yeah, I mean, like any of that could have happened, but he wasn't taken. He wasn't a child. There, there right, was, right, like, right. None of that. He wasn't a clone. Um, he was he was definitely someone I would love to know. Well, he's dead now. Um, would have loved to have known a little bit more. But we like all we knew is that he was a stormtrooper. We know that um, someone's family was was completely destroyed by stormtroopers. Who was that? Was that the Sintas? The Sintas family. So we know that there's beef there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's as much as we got about like the inside as to like where he, where he came from. Um, but as far as kids are going, I don't think we're going to start seeing the disappearance of kids until after episode six and before episode seven. So, I mean, because okay. like, I mean, like that, that makes sense. The kids are getting taken because they don't like, there's not like the, 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 the empire's gone. So the empire's dead. The Republic has, has everything and they, they, they need something. They need soldiers. So we just start stealing kids. But they talk about they also talk about the cloning as well. So like I, I would really I really hope we get more into cloning as we go farther. Bad batch, bad batch will be the link there because there's a In lot of opinion. like there's a lot of like ah well if there's cloning involved uh there's a lot of holes in storytelling. But yeah, overall this is just we're starting to see the we're seeing we're seeing the formation of of the the standard stormtrooper program. And I thought it was funny. It was like he used to be a stormtrooper. I was like oh he's gonna have a shitty shot then. I thought about that. I was like, but he also died. So, I mean, like that right there and there shows you that stormtroopers are just in far. So last question on the, the episode, obviously besides, well, we could talk about my Mothma briefly, like oh, the man. Senate was notified. It went all over the, the hollow net. Like everybody knew very quickly. Um, and that's why I'm interested in, in the Imperial response next week to this. And that's why I want to see what it's ISP going to does. be. It is giving nothing but uh, propaganda. It is going to be a lot of flashy propaganda as to why the rebels are hurting you. They're going to villainize the rebels to to the upteenth degree. They are going to they are going to villainize every single one of them. Cassian is definitely going to become. I think he's going to become a poster child for the rebellion to a certain against degree. I think, I think within yeah with, against his will, he doesn't want to do. You can even tell. The way he killed the guy at the end, mm-hmm. you could tell he, he knew it was the right thing to do. He's like, I can't let this guy fuck it all up. But at the same time, he was like, I have to kill him in order to save this, in order to keep this spark alive. I have to take this guy out. Like, oh my God. Like, what? Like, just, just to think about how the thought process went along of like, I'm listening. I hear you. This is fucked up. Bang. You know, it's just like, wow. Like, it just progressed so quickly. Uh, and it just lay, it just, it, it goes into what Cassian said in Rogue One. I did terrible things for this rebellion. And that's definitely I, a, another one of those things that we can, we can just add into his pot of just terrible things that he had to do. But it was, it's, it's terrible through a certain lens because through Cassian's eyes at that moment, he was saving the mission. And, and like, that's why I was really frustrated that that group didn't trust him because like that there showed me that he, that he's in, he's willing to give it all up. So, and he's willing to take you out if he knows that you're going to mess with the mission. And that goes into what he was going to do about um, Galen. When he was like, when he, he knew he did, like, he was like, this isn't right. 
but I'm getting this order and like, and like, I, I have to do this. And like, that's, that's gotta be nuts. That's gotta be just a hard, I couldn't imagine making those decisions. Do you think that this was Skeen's plan from the beginning? No. Was, you think it was just like an I, afterthought? I think he was on board for a bit until I, I think he was, I don't know. We didn't get, a, we didn't get to learn enough about his character because I could say he gave me, he gave me moments where I thought he was on board with the team. I was like, this dude will give up anything for this. Like when he, when he pulled the knife on Cassian, mm-hmm. like that was like that moment of like, Oh, like this dude is all about family and honor. And like, this is his family and he wants to make sure they're taken care of. And then we get to this point where he's like, fuck it. It's 80 million credits. I might as well just take half. So it's like, where, where was the, where was the flip? And I think the flip happened during the actual heist. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot in movies, man. And shows like people are all gung ho about this mission and they do it. And during the mission or right after you get a flip, look at the Italian job. It's a great, like a great, like that, that was planned earlier on, but like still, I mean, like this happens in heist all the time. You've got someone who's like in it and they seem like they're all about it. And then they flip on you. It's like, that's the kind of thing that I got was like, Oh, this is an Italian job now. I think it might've been the fact that Val didn't want, she wanted to just drop the credits off and not try and save Nemec. I think that was the flip that she. Oh yeah. He was really adamant. He's like, he's alive. He's alive. And she's like, right. well, I don't know how much longer though. Because suddenly the mission became more important than the people pulling the mission off. And that kind of almost goes against Nemec's ideals because Nemec was all about the people. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we got enough time with him as a character to really like understand the psycho, the psycholo- the psychological difference between like the guy that we got at the beginning and the guy that we got at the end. There just wasn't enough character development. It's a fun moral conundrum though, because on the one hand, it's like almost he cared definitely, so it's like a Schrodinger's cat. for him, right? He dared, cared so deeply for him, but the mission was so important to you know eradicating the thing that everyone hates and the reason they were there. Mm-hmm. But on the one hand, it was get the mission done. On the other hand, it was the person. So by that point, it was just like screw. That's it. hard though. I mean, like I mean, like that's war, right? Yep. I mean, like you, you, like casualties are assumed and casualties are are taken into the equations. And sometimes you lose people in order to pull off this mission. And like that's the whole thing. Like that that is what this rebellion is. It's all about hope, right? It's all about this spark of hope. And as long as one person's still alive, then you still have this rebellion. So it's like you understand as a freedom fighter that you're putting your life on the line, just like the people in Ukraine right now are putting their lives on the line to fight freedom. Like they know what they're doing. They know what's going on, but like it, that. And that's the whole thing is like, you have to like, and if you take that, if you, if you take that, that option of I'm going to be a f- freedom fighter, like you can't turn, like there's no way of you turning back. Like right. you've got to be all in or you're going to be like that guy. And you're going to be like, Oh, I'm here for it until shit gets tough. And then I'm just going to turn and burn. So it's like, like, but that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of these people who are like, I fucking hate the empire. Let's go. And then they get in and they're like, I can't do this. This is too much. I'd rather just, I'd rather just let the empire do their thing. And I get that. It's very like, it, yeah, that's the easier route. But you know, like, do you want to be comfortable or you want to be free? Right. Right. You know, like that's, that's the whole the thing point. is like, do you want to, do you want these, do you want this tyrannical, you know, force keeping you oppressed or do you want to be, you want to be free? And so like that's and I think that's what they're really, really focusing on with this show. And I love it more and more. And I was I was such a naysayer for the show originally. I was like, how the fuck are they going to make this cool? How, how is this going to be interesting? 
And it's like this episode was the turning point for me because the, la- the past couple episodes have been rough. Uh, these filler episodes have just been so boring in my opinion because it's just like it's character development, but it's slow character development because we're like we're not looking at a massive picture here. We're looking at this tiny, finite little moment in Star Wars history, and now all those characters are gone. So, like, the, I'm so I'm so confused what they're going to do with this show, but I love it because if they keep on refreshing characters and just like we go from mission to mission, you got these new people, and we have to like we have to learn to love them and get along, and then they're wiped out again. Like, oh my god, that's so good. It's like XCOM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Don't exactly. Get um, anybody? Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. I mean, we we said at the beginning that this is this is we're gonna see the darker side of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And every other Star Wars show is like, oh, Hope Rebellion, we're going to take him down. And, you know, Cassian is the poster child for like, yeah, I put a blaster to a kid's head to make sure that we can get the money out yeah. to fund this rebellion. That's yeah. that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate them not sugarcoating it. No, and, not at all. Dude, there right. was a, there was an Imperial guy who was taking a piss by though. Like they like they're not pulling anything. They're just like, let's just let's just get how how far is our limit? Like, right. I, I, has anyone ever peed in Star Wars before? Don't think has so. Has anyone said shit in Star Wars before? No, this is so cool. It's, it's like it's the perfect adult Star Wars show. There was an article. I don't know what it, where it came from. I saw it in my feed and it said, in quotes, shit in quotes, is now Star Wars canon word. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, that really opens the door for me and Tim to be in celebration well, usually, next year in official capacity. Say, like, they, usually it's like poodoo. You know, it's yeah. like a curse word in a different alien Bantha language. Bantha fodder. Yeah, exactly. It's always like, oh, that's edgy, but man, that's G-rated still. Yeah. Well, I mean, times they are changing, so they dropped the... Again, this is not a show I'm going to sit down with Hunter and watch. It's. I think it's a bit much for him. Um, even well, has from he watched like... Rogue One? No, he's never seen yeah, Rogue see, One. Yeah, I mean, it's the same lens. So, I mean, like, if if I think Rogue One, Solo... And or like all of these are meant for you and I. Solo's Solo's at least funny though. Solo is funny, but it's Solo has a lot of really dark elements to it, and it's a lot of it's a lot of like lore building. Like there's a lot. I feel like that movie is very in depth, and people missed a lot of what was going on in that movie. Um, but all yeah. the, the, these shows, the movies and shows, like I think they really. Like, we always say Star Wars is uh, is for kids. Yes, but this is not like, this one. No, they're they're really starting to muddle the lines of like what's considered like kid and like what really is like what's an adult Star Wars like. And I, and I think Disney's to really starting to explore this because you understand that they're the, the the fans with money, the people that are going to buy are the same kids that were, you know, 20 years ago were watching this shit. And, and so it, when we say Star Wars is for kids, the core story is always the core for kids. element, the good versus the, evil, like all the that books stuff translates. have never been for kids. No, like, no, no, no. But like the, the core element of Star Wars can always translate really, really well for children. It just it right. makes sense. Good versus evil, space magic, lightsabers. But when you start getting into into this, this is really interesting for me, uh, for someone who loves Star Wars but wants a more like adult tone. And yep. and, and Disney and Marvel are seeing this. Marvel, they're bring, they're bringing freaking Deadpool. Like Deadpool is going to be an MCU movie now. And we yeah. know how edgy Deadpool is. And if they pull back from any of that, if it doesn't feel like Deadpool, they'll flop. And, well, and then uh, you're adding Logan in on top of that. So now you've got, you've got like lo- the last Logan movie. Holy crap. If you take away from that, like that style, like how like intense it was, no one's going to want to watch it. 
And I don't think Ryan Reynolds would sign on to do a war. No, no, he I would assume that he's like, I need full creative control. He idolizes that character. So uh, on that note, that's him. On that note, um, Paul dropped the 2025 movie schedule from Disney uh, into our show notes here. So we have um, everything from this May through till 2028. Yeah. So these are so so out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years of movies coming out, Kevin. We're only going to have three Star Wars movies. One of which is in indefinite hiatus, too. Yeah, Rogue Squadron's off in limbo land. Yeah, but don't worry, because we're going to get four more Avatar movies. So that what just is, fixes everything. What is Tycho working on? What is that he, show called? The show? Is he work, or is it a movie? He's doing a Star Wars movie. Oh, it's a movie. So is that one of the... Unti- Why isn't that in here? It's probably the 25 one. I thought we already know the name of it. No. Oh, I thought they already said what it was. No. He asked, you, I told you the story. He asked Natalie Portman if she wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. No, on I the knew that. Yeah. Uh huh. And she was, and he like, was like, Oh, I fucking forgot you were in there, mate. <laughs> You're Darth Vader's fucking mom. <laughs> oh, shit, mate. So sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I want to just sit down with Taiko and TD. This guy's going to be so wild. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all about. Disney remaking old classics and making them live action. Cool. Keep doing that. Marvel, absolutely. Keep doing that. Why are you making four more Avatar movies? Because they have a park, Kevin, and they need to get their return on it. Why? That is the dumbest decision Bob Iger ever made. I also don't like how he's uh, James Cameron is out there just talking shit to everybody about it. Like, if you talk shit about my movie, then fuck you. It's just like, maybe you should make a better movie. Yeah, the movie's trash. It's It's gorgeous visually in the time it was made i will say i will say i saw avatar in theaters twice by myself when i was 18 i think i was 18 i don't know i was old enough to drive myself to the movie theater and watch this and i saw avatar twice not because i liked avatar but because the 3d technology using at the time like that was like one of the first 3d movies that was an immersive 3d experience it wasn't the like the gimmicky like whoa like come out at the screen stuff it was all about a dimension of immersion of like particles and just like the, the way that the things looked on screen. It just felt like you were kind of in the screen, which was really, really neat. So I appreciated that as a viewer. But it's like after the first time you watch it, like, oh, this is fucking Pocahontas in space. That's and all the is. more you watch it, like, oh, this is Dancing with Wolves. This is Fern Gully. You know, it's just like it just nothing in the in the Avatar movie. Now, I could be completely wrong with Avatar 2. Avatar 2 could be fucking wild and it could just be just out of this world. The first movie, like the unobtainium as the material, like that's it. We got this material we can't obtain. So I guess we're going to call it unobtainium. Like all of it just felt really shallow and it just it didn't feel like it was worth it. So to see them already slate out three more movies for a show for a movie that by this time I will be I'll be 38 years old, almost 40 wrong with 40 nothing nothing all i'm saying is is that kyler at this time will be like ready to watch movies and stuff and i don't plan on taking him to avatar i'm not gonna make him sit down and watch all of those avatars well that's my thing is i disney parks and disney ips are usually based on fanaticism am i wrong no star wars fans are fanatic marvel fans are fanatic disney adults are fanatic yeah i'm not wrong i have never 
ever in my life met someone that's like Avatar is one of my favorite movies to the point where they should build a theme park and make four more of them. I don't know anybody who thinks that. I think the universe is really cool. Like the whole idea of like, you know, like the the, the blue guys and, and, and whatnot. But like, that's really it. Like, it's just like, it's a neat idea of just like them having this symbiotic relationship with this planet. And like that, that's cool. That's neat. Pandora's I'd rather okay. they make four more Willow movies. Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm going to tell you now, I don't give a fuck about Willow. That's fine. But I would should rather I, than but make. Should I give a fuck about Willow? I mean, it's high fantasy. If you're into it, you're into it. If I you're love not, high you're fantasy. It's just like, it's something that I didn't watch when I was a kid. So I just, I don't know if I'm missing out on it. I mean, it, when, when I was a kid, it was, it was a scary movie to watch, especially the end. Okay. So maybe go back and give it a whirl. I yeah. love it. It's Val Kilmer, man. Mad Mardigan. Can't go wrong. I like Val um, so yeah anymore, though i know it's uh, top gun they had to do all sorts of crazy things um but uh yeah like four more avatar movies so but yeah through 2028 there's only three star wars movies slated and one of them is indefinitely on hiatus so i would say there's only two slated and then which just shows you the focus for star wars is going to be shows, shows. which That's i'm it. okay with i i totally honestly i think i think <laughs> For the most part, Star Wars is told very, very well episodically and in more condensed versions than getting a two hour just whiplash. Because that's what Star Wars movies feel like now to me. They feel like they are just they're just these massive dumps of things that aren't coherent. And it doesn't tell a good story. Like go back, (laughs) go back and watch some of like some of the originals. Like go watch them. Go watch the prequel. Look at the pacing of that. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. It do, like look at the pacing we have now for for Boba or for for Mando or for any of these shows for Obi Wan and feel the pacing out, and then go back watch the movie and you're just like this doesn't feel like it doesn't feel right anymore. It just feels too much. And so like I really like these smaller broken out as long as long as they aren't just full of just like these these random side quests. That's the only thing that I don't love about an episodic release of Star Wars. Is when we get um when we get an episode or two that are just filler episodes for no reason, like that's really Man. my only complaint about it. Mando, I have to bring this thing to this person, but first I must go to this other ice planet that has nothing to do with yeah, the main dude, plot. Like the frog, the frog lady and the ice spider were just kind of like it was cute, and I really like watching Grogu eat her babies, but it was just kind of like that was it. The ice spider well, from the from from the the original you know concept art was was sick. I got it right here. Yeah, but like only, but only like hardcore fans would love that. And you and I didn't even know that until we like looked at it. We're like, holy shit. I think it's so heavy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was cool visually again. And frog lady memes made my week that week, but that's all I got out of it. Yeah, I mean, but so. that's what we got with the filler episode. But for the most part, I really, I like, I'm happy to see that we aren't just getting like inundated with Star Wars movies. Because when we got inundated with Star Wars movies, Star Wars was at its lowest. Yeah, when, we were get, when we were getting a Star Wars movie like every year or like twice a year, I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking sick. Star Wars is back on the menu. And Look, then... With, with the rise of streaming, storytelling is changing. You know, game uh, HBO tested the waters with House of the Dragon. And they were... It. Yeah, they were either like, this is the end. Like, we're not going to do this again. Or we can get them back. And they got everyone back, and now they have six projects in the pipeline in the Westeros area. Um, so you that's, look at that. That's what people want. 
look at Warner Brothers Discovery just completely mishandling DC. And but on, on you know what they did do good there? The mm. animated stuff from DC is ridiculous. It puts everyone else to shame when it comes to animated movies. Mm-hmm. The DC animated universe kills everything. Everything. Yeah. Marvel that's what they've always done really it. well. Right. They've All those always dark done that well. rated R Batman and, and Justice League stuff yeah. is amazing. Mm. Um so it's just the way storytelling is changing in our era. You know, if you sign on to make a movie with an IP, they're like, well, how many of these can you make? It's no longer just about the two or three hours that you can fit your story into. Yeah. Now they want evergreen IPs that last, you know, forever. You know what rings of power? It's such like tumultuous between the hardcore fans, between the casual fans and between, you know, the new people. And I can critique that show all day. It has its ton of flaws. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Sure. But it's Lord of the Rings. Like they signed for three seasons. We're getting three seasons. It's happening. They're filming season two as we speak. So it's all about the storytelling and how far they can stretch it out because that's what keeps people engaged and that's what keeps people subscribed. Right. That is the new meta. You have to keep your subscribers engaged and yeah. they have to keep giving you money and you need to give them reasons to do that. Do you think we'll see the same thing with Dune? Do you think they're going to see that the Doom form- formula in the movie wasn't what they wanted? And they'll go, they'll take it to the streaming. I think everyone's about to follow Disney and, and start fleshing out IPs to that degree. I know for Dune, Dune 2 is slated to come out this time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually moved it up two weeks as of a few days ago. Um, and then they're working on the um, the Sisters of the Dunes TV show is the rumor. Yeah, so they are going to do about it. They're the, going to Star they're Wars' this bitch. What are they called, Paul? I forget the, you know what I'm talking about. The Bene Gesserit's. Um, yeah, so they're, they're working on that. So I would assume that HBO is going to want their evergreen IPs. Netflix signed, uh, they have the rights to Narnia now. Oh, yeah. I forgot. And they oh, haven't, you and I talked they've had this. that for two or three years and they haven't set yeah. a peak. So I think stuff's in development. I mean, for, for Narnia, the best way to tell that story before you branch off into like telling your own versions of the story is a movie for each book or each season gets a book. Or each season gets yeah. a book, yeah. But they're short books. They're not long books. you got to keep that in mind. So you'd be doing what Rings of Power did. And I guarantee you, everyone's sitting back and looking at Rings of Power right now saying, how does a fan base react to us filling in the blanks? Mm, true. Because the storytellers are dead. They can't, they can't right. do it themselves. Yeah. It's not Star Wars where we keep passing the torch. It's not Marvel where you keep passing the torch. The people that made these worlds are dead. So now it's up to the the new people to tell the story, and some people don't want it touched, and other people like, yeah, have fun. But that's the joys of a story. Like I think, like I feel like humans have forgotten how stories and like how mythologies and whatnot have been like passed down. Like that's the whole point of telling a story is you give these people this world, or you give them this this whatever you created in your mind, and you pass it down, and then it gets embellished by that person, and they add more to it, and just plays telephone. Like that's yeah. the whole that that's the joys of storytelling is that you get to put your little flair on it. I, I don't understand why people have to be such purists all the time. Like that just it blows my mind. If you want a pure, if you want the pure story, go read the book. Read if it was book. written, it was written by you. The, if you want the purest version of whatever this author spit out onto a page, go read the fucking book. Yep, I agree. It's like that with Lord of the, it's like it with Harry Potter or anything else. Like when we go and play this fucking Harry Potter game in a couple weeks, 
the amount of people, the amount of Potter nerds that are going to throw a fucking fit about a world they've never, like a world that they know, but a time they've never been to. Like, oh, this isn't how it was in the book. Like, yeah, because this is in the 1800s, you dumbass. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, but well that's, th- that's going to happen. I guarantee you. There are things in Rings of Power that, like, decisions that I would never have made, but it doesn't. The core fundamental of the show is still there. Like, mm-hmm. there's still a point. And there's decisions they made that I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, let's see how this all plays out because I want to see the full picture. Yeah. Um, You're and- also a different caliber of fan, too. Like, that's a whole other thing, too, is people forget what level of fandom they're a part of. Like, right. there's the super casual person, like my wife. Amy is very casual when it comes to things that are of fantasy. She's just like, oh, that's cool. Um, but like, that's where it drops. It's very shallow. And then you've got people like you and I who just love these things that we're a part of and we just dive deep into it because we enjoy it. But yeah. like, that's the whole thing is like you and I are very much so like on the, the hyperscale spectrum. Like we're just so far off and that's okay. Cause this stuff wasn't made for us. Right. Right. There's and, parts and- of these shows that were made for us. The little, the little tidbits they sprinkle in there. Like, ah, that's it. Ah, that's fucking cool. We can appreciate that, but it's not for us. It's, it's made for and our if wives. I, if I don't like it, I'll just stop watching it. People and did this with Marvel thing. at the beginning. You remember? Yeah. During the first like the first few years of Marvel, right when Disney bought, oh, they're gonna ruin Marvel. Da 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 da. This is the end of it. Because those are purest oh, people who live in, it, in comic books. Yeah, and then they saw Infinity War and Endgame. They're like, that was the greatest represent. Stan Lee would be so proud. And da 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 da. da. Same thing with Disney ruined Star Wars. Da da da. Yeah, yeah. You woke up to watch The Mandalorian or stayed up late to watch The Mandalorian every week. Yeah, or Obi Wan or. So it's it's yeah I I agree wholeheartedly. It's just like we're in a different age of storytelling, and we're gonna it's it's like enjoy the ride because we would have uh, you remember growing up we would have killed for this kind of stuff because uh-huh. it was either books. Or the VHS tapes that or we the had. Really shitty video games. Yeah, or comics. That was it. This is all we this that's what we had to immerse ourselves in these worlds. And then I think with the when when I actually think video games are part of the reason this all propelled, because then you had experiences like Knights of the Old Republic, where it was like or Shadows okay, of they, the Empire. Like Shadows of the Empire. They really like these ancillary stories. They really yeah. like being like thrown into this world where they know some of the characters and they know some of the this. You know, games like and then you had games like Skyrim and all the Morrowind games and all those. And it was like, okay, they really like these expansive open things. And that's how we grew up doing that. Some people played D D, some people read comic books. And then as we got older, the people that were making the financial decisions at these studios either had kids mm-hmm. that were interested in this. Or they themselves were, and that's how we got to this point. So as things change, you will see the market react, and the market is reacting by saying, we need to make things that keep people subscribed. It's no longer about getting you into a theater with popcorn. It's about how do we get you on a Friday night to sit down on your couch and eat popcorn and watch this to make sure your subscription stays active to our service. The pandemic is wild, dude, because like that, that is what, what accelerated this exponentially. It changed less. It changed less than the things than I thought it would socially. But this is one of the things that it's had a the, massive impact. Most on definitely. It. I mean, like, I still don't like for you know for the most part to like go to a movie theater. I just I still have a hard time feeling comfortable sitting next to people I don't know for a long period of time and feel their breath on me. Like it's just like that. Just I just don't like it. It just it doesn't feel good. You found the hack for that, though. Yeah, I found a hack. Two hundred dollars, and you bring ten of your you bring ten of your friends, and they all pay twenty bucks. And and you go in on a on a movie theater and it's that's it and Done. you all and you can all sit as far apart or as close as you want 
and it's sick. It's it, it was great. It was the best way that we could have watched uh uh Doctor Strange. But um yeah, dude. I mean like that and and then that's frustrating for me because I'd rather just stay at home. And when they took away movies from streaming, oh my god, like that was so frustrating for me because like that was the perfect fix. Like the whole idea of, we say this I feel like we say this every week. Pausing when you need to to go to the bathroom, wearing your own clothes, like your comfy clothes, like you're in pajamas or you just have trunks on your, your shirt, whatever you want, dude, butt ass naked on a couch. And and that's it. You get full control over your movie watching experience. And you don't have to go somewhere and be under their control for X amount of time. You want to know my thing is like you're stuck in this chair. You have you can't pause it. You have to you're at the mercy of how far away the bathroom is. You have to go get their snacks and all that shit unless you have a wife that has a or, you know, or a husband, significant other that has deep pockets and they can hide candy and shit in there for you. My favorite part is the services that set up ways to watch with other people without leaving your house. Yeah, because I can watch when my daughter's with her mom or my mom lives in New York. Mm-hmm. I have watched movies and shows with them while they're on their couch and I'm on mine and you keep FaceTime up and you do the whole thing. It's just it's a nice alternative to doing that. Oh, stuff yeah. Like, stuff like this is going to be a game changer. Kevin and I sat down in a virtual movie theater and we were like Big hanging room, out. Right? Watch. Yeah, we were watching. We were watching. a. We were watching Ben stream on Twitch. Yes. That's yeah. what we were doing. We were just hanging out. I was in here and he was in his living room and we were just like talking and hanging out. And honestly, I wish we, we should do more of this. Because there's definitely a lot of times where we can't hang out, but we should. And this is no, going to be it. Yeah. You know, um, especially with like their new, their new, um, the new Oculus that they announced. Man, Paul, if you could record Tim and I watching the final finale of Andor in big room in VR. That'd be so, that'd be so stressful. I'd be like, <laughs> I just got back from the gym, Kevin. I'll be right there. <laughs> Maybe in the future we'll do it with something else, but man, that'd be hysterical. Yeah, watch yeah, watch parties in, in VR would be would be really good. But I mean, like, but that's that's where we're going. This is where we are headed. We are gonna be finding more ways to connect with each other via virtual, you know, uh, over the internet and things like that. So yeah, watch parties are great, for, dude. For media. I mean there again, there's nothing oh, like most definitely. No, no, get no, no, your no, feet I, dirty and go and touch oh, grass. Don't yeah, get yeah, me no, wrong. I'm talking about within the confines of of us consuming media. Right, right. But then, you know, you can meet up and you can all go to, to Galaxy's Edge and celebrate there, too, and have fun. You know, like that's the experience. I am really excited. I just booked uh, the week before Christmas. I'm taking the kids to Universal mm-hmm. um, and we've never stayed on property. So we're staying on property. It's really fun. God, the price disparity between this and Disney is just fucking insane, by the way. Um, and I know the experience will not be the same. I already different. prepared myself, but... I yeah, still cast like members it. don't give a fuck about you. They're not even cast members. They're just Universal Studio employees. How's it different from Disney right now? Uh, so because <laughs> because the, the the cast members have to still smile. <laughs> and point and point pro- They have to point properly, Kevin. Yes, I know. The, they don't the, point properly at Universal Studios. They give you the one finger. It's that yeah, way. Like go this way. Go this way. Go this way. No, but I'm really excited now that I've seen all the Harry Potter movies to go sure. and understand what the fuck I'm looking at. Yeah. You get to go into Hogwarts into the castle and shit. Yeah. And I, I've been, but I've been like, this is fun. I have no idea what's happening here, but yeah, now I'm yeah, excited yeah. to do that. And you know, they'll have it decorated for Christmas. Like they do in yep. the movies and stuff, mm-hmm. but like, that's an experience that I am excited to do because of media. And right. like, that is what Disney Disney wants an end to end solution. They have said this publicly, like they track your data and your viewing habits to oh try and God, get we- you. Go ahead. Can we talk about how they're logging all of your information from Disney Plus to give you a better park experience? Yes. 
which I still don't really fully understand how that's going to play out. But just think about it. If they're able, so they're going to take your Disney plus information, link it in with your main Disney account. So when you go to the park, you're going to get a specialized, unique media experience based off of your watching habits on Disney plus. The funny thing is, is when my kids don't switch my profile off. Oh my God. Oh, you're right. And they're going to be like, ah, we see that you're very into PJ Masks, oh, Mr. Murray. Dude, there's so much Bluey and PJ Masks in my account. Oh, fuck. And, and Funhouse. There's so much Funhouse. <laughs> I see that you're very interested in Vampirella, Mr. Murray. <laughs> no. No. Clone Wars. What are you talking Kyler, about? Kyler just loves watching Mickey's Halloween adventure, and Clarabelle is a witch, and she is Wishmaster Clarabelle, or Witchmaster Clarabelle, and she's teaching Daisy and Minnie on how to become witches. Black magic. I like it. Black magic in Disney, and <laughs> Kyler loves it. It says, be careful. I found this black magic in one of my kids' candy bars. No, the best one I've seen is the one ring one. And it's like, <laughs> I saw one yesterday where it was a, it was a smoked old fashioned. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, they're like, be careful. I found this with, with, and they named off like really expensive whiskey and all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's got a smoky aftertaste. Don't, don't, I repeat, don't let your kids have this. Uh, I saw one this morning that said like, uh, parents, uh, actually it might, oh no, I clicked away from it. It was like, parents, be careful. I opened this candy bar and found a full version of Doom 64 running inside of it. <laughs> uh, no, this one, parents, please check your kids candy this Halloween. I just found the one ring forged in secret fires of Mount Doom, which the Dark Lord Sauron poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. In. And it's just the Snickers with the ring shoved inside of it. <laughs> Please give me more of these. Anyway, quickly, let's one. run through the news because there's one news item we have to talk about before we get out of here. Tamagotchi is back, but you can get a Grogu Tamagotchi, uh, and it's all Star Wars engineered, so you'll be able to feed it squid chowder. Uh, if you feed it too much, they'll do little Grogu things. I hope it pukes like green, like, you know. That'd be cute. But yeah, you can get yourself a Grogu Tamagotchi, which I think is adorable. Um, and uh, uh, maybe I'll get that for my son and try and teach him some responsibility this this Christmas. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah, my wife. No, I mean, like nothing. Yeah, nothing screams responsibility like letting your Grogu die. Yeah, but then they understand that they didn't take care of it. So Did you they... feed your Grogu? Did you exactly. walk your Grogu? I can put it on the start. We have the star chart that has all of their stars they get for doing different tasks. We can mm. add feeding Grogu to that or keeping. Is Grogu still alive? You get a star. <laughs> uh, ILM is expanding to Mumbai in India. Now, the interesting thing here is not necessarily an expansion, but Paul pointed out that every time ILM opens a new location, that indicates a new Star Wars project. Mm. Um, with So maybe... Maybe this is for some of the future stuff down the pipeline. I'm not sure. It might be a new studio where they can film. Who the hell knows? Um, but ILM is expanding to Mumbai. wonder why Mumbai. Property, labor. Taxes? All... Got it. So, yeah. Mm. No, I know they have Singapore uh, and a few other places. Singapore is the only other one I know off the top of my head. All right, here we go. This is the thing I'm most excited about today. The rumor okay. mill is swirling right now. Ah, yes. That Lars Mikkelsen is back in play to be Grand Admiral Thrawn. I have a feeling 
I have a feeling it was either a ruse or it was the power of the people. Uh, yes, agreed. Because there was like, a whole there's thing. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. He did that indie film, and everyone was like, "Oh!" Everybody was so gonna... pissed off. There was no way around the backlash. Like, if if that was real, if that piece of information was really true, and that they were gonna not hire him because of X, Y, and Z reasons that were all bullshit, they were gonna have a massive PR fire on their hands. Right. And and to have the person who brought that character to life, who literally, like, I swear to God, they modeled him after. Like they modeled Thrawn after Lars. Like there's no way around it. Um, he just he's he's the guy. He's the guy. It's just like it's just like when when uh when they did the Ahsoka render, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this like Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka. There's no way around it. Like this is the same thing. Yeah. Like it's his voice. Like you can't you can't do that. Like it would. Oh my god. Like it would just be so. It'd be like it'd be like having not having Katie as Bo Katan. Like it would be wrong. It would just it wouldn't feel right. It's like, oh my God, you have you have a high caliber actress who is who has brought this character to life on the digital screen. Why don't we just have her play the role? Smart. So if they wouldn't have done that with Lars, it wouldn't have made any sense. Because if they did it for Katie Sackhoff, why wouldn't they do it for Lars Mickelson? I agree. And uh, I think that was the that you will you will win favor in that scenario with your nice fan job, base. Star Wars fandom. You did it. Yeah, so I think we may have pushed them, or like you said, it was just a ruse the entire time, which is also very possible. I'm going to go with the my 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 thought is that this was a whole uh, that the entire idea of putting that out there was a curveball to try to just throw us off to see what you they think they do. have. Do you think they have meetings where they're like, "All right, who wants to post this rumor on their shit post account to send, get them off the?" Set? Oh, most definitely. Look at the look what they did for. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is thrown. Love it. Post it. Send what it. What did they do for for Boba Fett? They had um, they had they Plo Koon. Oh, had, for for Mandalorian season oh, that's two. What, you know, it was Boba. It, it was, no, it was sorry. Mandalorian season two. The ending. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah when he was walking, in, it was Plo Koon that was supposed to come in, or they they said it was Plo Koon. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's the whole thing is like they try to even throw off their people that are in like internally that are working on the show to try to like Marvel does the same thing. Marvel only gives out sections of like the scripts. They only give you your yeah. lines. They don't give you anybody else's like, here you go. And so they have the actors like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Only a couple actors know the entire thing because they're in like every shot. Yeah. Like Endgame. Apparently they didn't tell everyone that. Yeah. Only like three done. people in the cast knew exactly how it was going to end and nobody else knew. Yeah. Yeah. Because they so. had to know because like their character was going to die. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, I hope this is true. This would this would set this right. We can stop talking about it. Our viral clip a few weeks ago, by the way, was me saying um, Henry Cavill should be thrown. I did not read the comments because that's a scary place to go on TikTok. So, oh, no. Oh, that's yeah, that went super viral. You didn't see that? No. Oh, yeah, no. We went viral on TikTok. Yeah. With with me saying that Henry Cavill should be thrown. Good but job, uh, Kevin. but uh, on YT shorts. Uh, but yeah, Paul said that it was rather divided. Like most people actually, it was like 50 50 on the. I said no, right? Yeah, you, you disagree. Okay, I was like, yeah, I was like, there's no way in hell his body type isn't right. <clears throat> but most people were like, yeah, it could work. Some people were like, no, absolutely not. Before we get out of here, I started Path of Deceit, um, the new okay, High Republic book. You are going to love it because it's about a cult. Oh, I love I'm I'm almost done with Shadows of the Sith and I love how 
Noctis is brought in. I love how Momin is brought in. Um, like, and I thought it was so cool. They brought in Momin because the timeline works just right because Momin's mask was at Vader's castle and Vader and Momin had a thing going on. And now Momin's moved off to, to the, the Chandrilla or the, the, uh, not the Chiss person, the, uh, whatever her name is, uh, whatever she is, um, Pantoran. She's Pantoran. A Pantoran. Um, but yeah, I love this Did whole, you have like, Luke's. I don't want to say flashback. It's not really a flashback, but his encounter with the ancient Sith Lord. Um. So yes, but it's just like it was. Where it was he sees fr- the past. No, not yet. No, okay. I I got to the part where he knows that it's moment and that he possess it. Like he's possessing the mask. I've got like three hours left, so I'm like at the tail end of the book. Um, yeah, there's a part where Luke sees that Sith's past that's all i'm gonna say to you i don't want to say how it's done moments or, or noctis have they mentioned the name exim panchard yet no no okay. wait that sounds really familiar yes that's the name of the ancient 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 the the no they who... haven't but i've heard that name before okay so maybe maybe it wasn't the book maybe it was something else but i've heard that name before no interesting it's, it's, i yeah, like exim- how I, and I love how they keep on going back and saying i thought this was things of legend like this yes, whole idea of like we've only times. we've only heard the stories of this thing and now it's real. And I love that so much for Star Wars as a whole because it's just there's so many things from EU that are so good. And for them to recognize, again, I know we've talked about this multiple times on the show, but when they just go back and they say this was a thing of legend and now it's real, it just makes it feel so much more there's a lot more gravity to it. Like they're just like there's far more. There's a lot of momentum behind that. We're like, we only heard whispers of this thing. And now it's here. Like, that's so cool. It's like the same idea. Like when we finally get to see aliens for the first time, we're like, oh, you get to walk into a spacecraft. Like, oh, we knew this fucking thing existed, but now we get to see it. You know, like that's like, that's cool. I'm excited for the for shit like that. And so like, it's really cool for the Star Wars fandom to, to have this thing of like, I love all of these things, but they aren't canon now. And now we're getting the slow trickle of all of the old things, which is continues to reinforce the fact that I think that Knights of the Old Republic is going to be that the thing that kind of like brings it all together for the old, that old Republic time era is that everything that happens in that game is going to be like, aha, okay, I get it. Yes. Perfect. And it's just going to really help bring that, that story back to life and and into the, the chronological order. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you're, when you, when you remember the name X and Panchard and, and Luke's encounter, and then when you're done with that, let me know what you think, because that was my favorite part of the entire book. I've loved this book from start to finish. It's, <clears throat> it's really good. Yes, no, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. But yeah, so far, I'm like two chapters into Path of Deceit, and it is a freaking cult. Okay, sick. Your but community is it, so is will fo- be very So is pleased. it focusing on, so it's not focusing on like the Republic or anything like that right now? So I met uh, one Jedi padawan and their master um they talk about how jedi are sending pathfinders all over the galaxy so i think you'll enjoy that part um but so far it was focused on the first encounter with the mother and the mother is running a straight up hippie cult now she's the same alien race as um i don't know because so far two people have been called the mother so i have a feeling that was all something's amiss right now but that like, what's the race though that like that gray skin where they look like night elves i don't think they named it yet okay so the, but we 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 assume that her and um uh the eye what's Marquee. his name mark marky on row 
they're of the same race, right? Yeah, uh, I'm seeing if they mention. And we don't race. know if they're force sensitive creatures, or we, we do know that they're force sensitive creatures. She is, according to well, the mother again. They seem. But to we be... know. But we are, we are. I I'm 99 confident in saying that Mark Yonro is force sensitive to like a certain degree. I think he's trained. I think I think their people train in some type of like force. Like it's not a Jedi. It's not the Jedi way. It's not the Sith way. It's just a a way where they tap into the force and like they are trained in that because like he was able to wield a lightsaber really well. Um, him being able to control the um, the the freaking force eater thing, like all of that stuff. Like why was it just his bloodline's the only one that's able to do all this? So like that's why I think that there's something up with that. I think that. The mother and Markion are going to get tied together in this series somehow. And then we're going to go all the way back to Markion Row later on, and he's going to be some crazy ass, not Sith, but just some super powered guy with a bunch of robots. We will find out more. Uh, I guess you'll have to read, listen to Star Wars and Scotch episode. Also, this book, this book is not Mark, just so you know that going in. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, it's been hard. Like, I mean, like this guy, the guy who's doing the voices, he's good, he's good in, in Shadows of the Sith. He's good. He does a really good um, uh, Lando Calrissian. The frustrating part is, is that there's a lot of other people that sound like Lando as well. And I'm just like, is that, is that no, it's not Lando. Okay. I was just a pirate. Okay. Um, Mark for sure does such a great job in making sure that all of his characters in that story. Now he, he has used the same type of voice for certain characters, but in a story that he's reading, every character has their own unique voice. And like, that's the frustrating thing is that he spoiled us so goddamn well with having all these voices for all these characters. And then you go and you're just like, ah, this just isn't the same. So Mark, I appreciate the hell out of you. And there we go. There you go. That's it for episode 102 of star Wars and scotch. Uh, you can go check out everything Tim's doing at fb.gg slash darkness429 and darkness429 everywhere on the internet and uh, 9 a.m. ish Eastern every day live. Uh, but what are you playing today? I don't know, Kevin. I don't know. We're at like we're we're at this weird spot where all of the new video games are slated for like the la- like the holiday season. So once we get into like the last week of October and into November, all the new games are going to be out. So we're like in this weird like limbo where I'm just like, I should just take a vacation because it's just like, I know I'm going to be streaming forever now. Uh, but like, I just want this like lull to be over. So like we play, we've been playing Overwatch. Uh, I think we're going to play some, some hunt showdown today. Um, I'm going to play some Gotham Knights with you in a week or two. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pool Shark and I were talking about doing some of that. Um, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, Gotham Knights is cool. I wish it was. Co- I wish it was four players. It's only two player co op, which kind of sucks. I mean, the fact that it's two player co op, you can go anywhere in the that city. Was, and so. that was my point: is that you could be playing two player co op, but have no idea what your buddy's doing. So it's just like yeah. you're just off. You're just like, oh hey friend, and poof, I'm off to go do this thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, apparently progress persists in your world. Even, yeah. So yeah, if you do so something. If you do something in your friend's world, when you go back to your own world, it's already done. And you can be the same. Originally, they said no, but now, like, if you want two Robins, they're justifying it through the multiverse. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. so you don't have to be two different characters. Like, if you're both down with Red Hood, you can both play yeah, Red Hood. Yeah, that's cool. That's nice. So it's really um, just sandboxy, which is fantastic. 
yeah, it's just like a two-person sandbox, which is interesting. So yeah, uh, go check out 10fb.gg slash darkest429. Everything I do is at raredrop.co. Make sure you follow Star Wars and Scotch on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, and follow Rare Drop everywhere. Rare Drop Co. Rare Drop. Um, I'm Kevin X Vision on Twitter. Kmagic101 on Instagram. You all have a fantastic week. We will see you next week for episode seven of Andor. And hopefully we see you next week as as well for uh, uh, Rings of Power finale for D&D. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully I see you on Thursday for uh, the second to last watch party because this week is the last episode of Rings of Power. And um, make sure you're drinking that King's Coast. And tonight... Every Wednesday for the next few weeks, we will be doing Star Wars and Scotch Game Night. So I will be live on YouTube and Facebook playing SWOTOR tonight. And then I think we're going to switch games next week. You all have a good one. And as always, may the force be with you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.